All right, well, it's time now to head to Beantown and say hello to Celeste Katz. Celeste, how are you? Good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us as always. Well, those scenes from the beginning of this year of the attack in the capital are seared into many of our memories. In fact, I think I talked to you the week that that happened and uh, the mood in the States was very, very somber, very sad. Uh, scared in a way as well and uh, there's a new security threat suggesting a possible second attack yeah the house of representatives uh, cancelled a session that was supposed to be held today uh, uh, in washington uh, because of uh, threats uh, credible threats uh, that were received about possible militia activity again at the U.S. Capitol to disrupt the proceedings of government. So the Senate was still planning to meet, but uh, the House of Representatives shut down their activities today. And uh, is there any idea of uh, how credible the threat was on this occasion? Well, certainly credible enough to, to shut uh, down, yeah. To to, yeah, to encourage people to to shut down proceedings. Uh, they rushed through some votes last night, some important votes actually on um, on voting rights. But there is a very heavy uh, police military presence outside the U.S. Capitol right now. And so you see some of these images, as you said, that are a reminder of what happened uh, at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, which was uh, certainly a day that will uh, live in infamy, as, uh, as was once said before, um, for Americans. And for these right-wing conspiracy websites and, and things that circulate these, I guess, orders, you know, go to the Capitol, uh, these military groups, uh, is there a sense that there is a wider network of law enforcement in the states infiltrating these groups and attempting to crack down at least on the, the ones that threaten violence? I think what we've seen since January 6th, um, <clears throat> pardon me, certainly there was there was early warning about what was going to happen in the Capitol, that there were uh, insurrectionists, that there were conspiracy theorists who were legitimately planning to go to Washington to try to disrupt um, the proceedings to certify the election of uh, President Joe Biden. Uh, meaning that uh, then President Donald Trump had lost his bid for re-election, although he never conceded the election. Um, but, you know, here what we're seeing now is that after seeing the physical violence, which did result in a number of people dying both on that day and subsequently, uh, several uh, police officers actually committed suicide after the, the rioting and the insurrection at the Capitol, I think you are seeing uh, a mood in the United States that this cannot be ignored, that this has to be taken seriously. So um, definitely seeing more measures, more monitoring, more early warnings. And, you know, even if uh, this turned out to be a false alarm or the uh, the plans were not as specific or as credible um, as uh, might be believed. You know, the fact that they did take these steps uh, would suggest that people are are acting on uh, early warnings and early signals from militia groups and from uh, from other uh, insurrection type minded type people. Um, you know, and and taking them very seriously. And what was the Senate uh, debating when this was shut down? What's been cancelled? 
Uh, well, last night the uh, the House passed something called HR one, which was uh, you know very specifically chosen as the first you know uh, the number one item on the agenda about voting rights, about expanding uh, early voting, no excuse absentee voting, and things like that. You know, trying to make a big point about all the arguments we had last year about how voting should work, particularly during a pandemic, but in general, and also sort of. Uh, making a statement about how uh, former President Donald Trump put out his message about the election to the public, uh, claiming falsely, without evidence, that there was a lot of voter fraud, that the election was stolen from him, that the election was not legitimate. Uh, he continues to hang on to some of those notions to this day. He spoke recently at a, a major uh, conference for young conservatives uh, called CPAC, where you know he still maintained that uh, the best is yet to come, his movement is not over, and so on. So how the House, which is controlled by Democrats now, uh, you know, certainly making a statement that elections in the the United States are legitimate, that people's voting rights should be protected, that making it easier to vote does not make, mean making it easier to commit voter fraud and so on. So that's sort of what's on the on the plate right now. I remember uh, during the time around the election last year, uh, Newt Gingrich made a comment uh, which he said that uh, he criticised, I think, the Georgia Secretary of State for wanting to add more ballot boxes um, because he said making more places to vote and making it easier to vote made it harder for Republicans to win. Uh, and it was sort of one of those mask-off moments a little bit because you would think, well, surely in a, in a true democracy, the goal of everyone should be uh, to make it as simple for as many people who wish to vote to be able to cast their vote as possible. Right. And as you know, in the United States, while we, we talk a lot about democracy and encourage voting and participation and so on, voting is not mandatory in the United States. It is not a national holiday. There are some measures where people can, you know, get time to vote. There are different ways to vote. Some states vote by mail. Some states vote uh, in person. Some states do both. Um, again, that changed a little bit during the pandemic. But yeah, there is a political dimension. Um there is there have been some questions about whether Republicans are trying to enact at the state level right now much more restrictive laws because they believe it will favor uh, their their party or their political ends. So that's that's definitely a, a reality. And you do hear people making comments that sort of tip that hand. But at the same time, you know, they also try to couch it and saying, well, we want uh, everybody to vote and we want everybody's vote to count equally and if some people are quote unquote gaming the system then uh, the legitimate votes are diluted now again there is no evidence that there is rampant widespread voter fraud in the united states there just is not evidence and that certainly was highlighted during the um during the 2020 presidential contest where there were a lot of challenges to the outcome but very very little uh, uh, solid evidence that anything had really gone wrong um jen has just texted in uh wondering about charges against donald trump um so I, I believe I'm right in, in saying there's no specific charges apart from this move to uh, impeach him for the second time. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, and, and that obviously did did not work out, mm. but now what he is looking at is a, a, a deep investigation, certainly in places like New York State, his former home state. He has since uh, decamped to Florida, but uh, to get access to his tax records, to look into his business dealings, to see if he's uh, appropriately paid all his taxes, whether he was truthful on his statements. So, yeah, he's definitely still under scrutiny and uh, whether uh, formal charges will result from that remains to be seen but he is not off the hook yet another text came in from chris uh saying this is the first she'd heard of the police officers who committed suicide after the january 6th events so that was a, a tragic follow-on wasn't it that these police officers who obviously were so um traumatized uh by what had happened and it seemed like such a uh a crossing the Rubicon moment, I suppose, for American democracy that they they took their own lives, and um, it, it shows that there's a long path to go before healing can really happen after the January sixth events. Yeah, and you know, certainly the the country is working on that. Uh, we're still obviously in the grips of a pandemic, so our lives have not by any means returned to normal but um, yeah there's been a real a real reckoning in this country will things calm down uh, as president biden's tenure goes on will some of these groups dissipate you know you you would hope that there would be some measure of of calm and and uh, uh, rational thought that um, you know sort of uh, you know, expands and, and, and grows during the course of time. But again, there are a lot of people in this country who feel disenfranchised. There are still people who, again, wrongly, I want to emphasize that, wrongly believe that the election was not legitimate and that uh, Donald Trump should be uh, continue to be the rightful president of the United States. Those things are not true. That doesn't mean people aren't still angry about it. Well, another story coming out of Washington, a former White House doctor who has made sexual comments and abused alcohol whilst on duty. Yeah, the uh, the former uh, physician to the president, uh, Ronnie Jackson, has been accused of making these inappropriate comments, of bullying people, of abusing alcohol, of taking uh, drugs, sleep drugs while on duty, uh, and so on. He denies these charges. Uh, uh, Ronnie Jackson was a Navy rear admiral um, when he was serving in the White House. He served a number of presidents, both Donald Trump and Barack Obama, uh, then went on to be a member of Congress. And he fully denies these allegations, but they, they are serious and they are getting attention uh, you know, uh, sort of questions about this kind of conduct at the very highest levels of government and very, very close, <clears throat> pardon me, to, uh, to at least two presidents. And could this affect his position in Congress if it ends up that these allegations are proved correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, Jackson has already seen, um, you know, some ramifications from questions about his conduct. He has, uh, uh, you know, been uh, he was he was up for other jobs uh, in the past and he was, um, you know, had to withdraw his his nominations. But, yeah, these are these are serious questions. Uh, you know, again, the, the outcome remains to be seen. But obviously having something like this on your record is uh, not particularly helpful to your, uh, to your political <laughs> prospects. Uh, well, you mentioned, of course, that America is still in the grips of uh, a pandemic. Well, the whole world is, but America has um, had a particularly difficult time. And even though the vaccines are rolling out, there's still a long way to go and fewer people are getting tested. 
Yeah, that's that's been a real problem that, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic earlier on, once testing capacity ramped up, there were people waiting and waiting in lines. And you saw um, lots of pictures on, on television and uh, on news sites and newspapers of people sitting in their cars waiting for hours and hours on end to get tested. And now that is basically not happening we are seeing a, a much quieter situation where people are not trying to get tested as much. Um, you know, they've cut back the hours that they are offering testing. And that's uh, really worrisome because um, testing and knowing the scope of the problem and where there are hot spots is a big part of combating the virus, knowing where to, to focus maybe shipments of vaccine. Um, getting them to places that uh, where the virus is is being transmitted at high rates is a really important thing. And if people are not taking advantage of testing, then uh, you have a less clear picture of what's really going on. And what do you think is the reason for this, that because the vaccine is rolling out, people are kind of jumping the gun and saying, ah, oh, crisis averted, it's all over, time to get back to normal life? Yeah, I think to some extent, well, first of all, to some extent, people are just over it. People are just over dealing with COVID-19. They're sick of uh, the economic uncertainty. They're they're sick of being afraid. Uh, you know, they've seen uh, statistics that deaths have come, you know, the death rate, I should say, has uh, come down or infection rates may have come down. They see signs that uh, businesses and government activities, schools are reopening, which might suggest to them that you don't need to be as vigilant. Um, there, people are also seeing that, uh, yes, people are getting the virus, but they are surviving. People are not uh, ending up on ventilators or dying uh, at this, you know, in the same sort of like horrifying graphic ways as they have been in the past. So, yeah, people may have a false sense of security in some regard. And well, around where you are, um, is the trend towards fewer infections or is it, uh, is it still going upwards? Yeah, I mean, we have seen you know, there there are there are bobbles, but generally we are are making some progress in terms of uh, controlling the spread of the virus. Uh, we are seeing more people getting vaccinated. I'm happy to say I have received my first dose of vaccine, um, oh. and am looking forward to my my second dose of the vaccine. Uh, my parents who live in another state uh, are also getting vaccinated. My husband will get vaccinated. So, um, you know, we are starting to see some light there. But at the same time, you know, we still have to make important choices um, about how to conduct ourselves. Mask wearing is going to be a thing in this country for a very long time. I don't think we're going to travel or, or interact or, or go to public places the same way that we used to before the, before the virus came to the U.S. and went around the world. So, um, you know, not quite back to normal, but definitely feeling uh, at least somewhat comforted by, by uh, seeing the vaccination program uh, expanding and, and getting a first shot myself. It'll be wild for me. I'm in the, the last group to get the the vaccines in this country so they've just started to roll them out here but uh it'll be a while before i get it but probably some of the people listening might be closer uh to being at the the front of the queue um but you know i think uh, it's fair to say that where you are celeste the need to roll it out quickly was more urgent um thanks so much as always for coming on the program Always a pleasure. Celeste Katz-Marston there, joining us from Boston with everything that's happening in US politics.
Talk to you next time, Celeste. Thanks a lot.